Hello again, and welcome to Planet Beyond, brought to you by Fugro, the leading partner in uncovering geodata from the greatest subsea depths right to outer space, and hosted by me, John Baston Pitt. Today, we're bringing you another shortcast that was recorded at Oceanology International in London in March 2022. For this interview, I'm joined by a man who also appeared in episode 14, Ocean Science, 10 Years to Turn the Tide. I'm here now with David Miller. David, tell us, for the purpose of the, the recording, who you are and what role you play and where have you come from? Yeah, so uh, it's David Miller. I'm Government Accounts Director for Fugro in the Americas region. And uh, in that capacity, I'm responsible for partnerships, long-term strategic business development in the public sector. So primarily national governments within the Americas region, but also the United Nations, Inter-American Development Bank, and the World Bank. And then I, also, I have another role within Fugro, which is directing, coordinating our efforts and support uh, and participation of uh, in Seabed 2030 and the United Nations Decade of Ocean Science for Sustainable Development and being the interface for Fugro to those, uh, to those global ocean science initiatives. What would you like to talk about? I think the, the topic that I'm interested most in and, and, and would be very excited to talk about today is, uh, is that of trying to improve our collective understanding of the world's ocean science uh, and ultimately for the benefit of the planet and sustainability of the planet. Uh, and I just find that this subject is very aligned with Fugro's vision to help create a safe and livable world. And uh, I think Fugro has much to, to gain from participation and support of this initiative and much to, uh, uh, to contribute. So, well, tell us then in detail how Fugro or how you are making that contribution. I guess probably if I could go back five years, it probably, it probably started five, almost six years ago at the Forum for Future Ocean Floor Mapping in Monaco, which was a, uh, an assembly of thought leaders in the world of ocean mapping, uh, global ocean mapping, came together for a three-day workshop, uh, roll up the sleeves and figure out where are we at, where do we want to go. And after those three days, we left with a vision that uh, let's map the world's oceans by the year 2030. A very bold uh, ambition that that form precipitated uh, seabed 2030, um, but I left the meeting quite inspired, and uh, I took it back to uh, to Fugro, and I said, "Here's an opportunity for Fugro to uh, to help contribute to this to this goal and objective, and we can do some things that would not cost us very much money that could be quite impactful." And we made a commitment um, within a month to uh, to start collecting multi-beam data from our ships as we move from project to project and from continent to continent. This is the kind of between contracts period because under contract we are collecting data most often for a client who owns the data and we're, it's not ours to give away, right? But between projects we have the freedom to collect this information and to make it available. So we started with one vessel in the Americas region I think we contributed 65,000 square kilometers of, of multi-beam data in the first year. And five years later now we're over 2 million square kilometers of bathymetric data contributed to Seabed 2030. 
Um, and since then, um, the United Nations Decade of Ocean Science for Sustainable Development has been launched. And it's a very bold and ambitious, even b more bold and ambitious than the Seabed 2030 because it covers all ocean science, not just bathymetry data, and with the, uh, the objective to try to reverse the cycle of decline in ocean health uh, to support the sustainable development of economies around the, the world. It's not without cost, is it? You, you know, it's not a question of just switching something on like that and gathering extra data. There's the team on the vessel. They have to do a lot more work. They have to be committed. So it's, it's quite an all-round effort, isn't it, to, to, to really contribute like that? Yeah, it's easy to say. It's, it's, it's more challenging to implement. We always thought the strategy should be to do this as efficiently and as autonomously as possible with as, as little human intervention and hands-on systems as, as possible. And that's how we felt we could scale up, increase the number of ships involved, again, without significant financial impact to Fugro. And conveniently, we had a remote operations capability that was doing these kind of things already. So it was a good fit with our, our vision for supporting Seabed 2030, leveraging the remote operations center infrastructure that we already had within, within Fugro, right? So there, there is a, a cost, because we have paid for that infrastructure, and we've created systems and processes and workflows to support this bathymetric data collection in support of Seabed 2030, but we are trying to do it in as efficient manner as, as possible. Yeah you know, to, to, to be as cost-effective as, as possible, too. So reduce our, our costs, but still maintaining a, an impact, impactful contribution. And how would you summarize your contribution? What focus areas are you um, are working on? I mean, you, you, you're, trying to, you're trying to help others, aren't you? You're trying to inspire others to engage more. And, and you're working with other members to... To, to really, for, for this really to start moving, I don't know, you, you tell me. Yeah, I think what I've described to date here is, is really kind of Fugro's commitment to the cause. Yeah. But it's more than that. I, you're right, I'm part of kind of the, the global community that is trying to make this happen. Uh, so I am a member of the Jebco Guiding Committee, right. which is um, a 120-year organization that is the authoritative uh, entity responsible for compiling global bathymetric data. It operates under the auspices of the International Hydrographic Organization and the Intergovernmental Oceanographic Commission. In the 120 year history of JEBCO, I'm the first private sector uh, member of that committee. So bringing a different perspective, right? I mean, this has traditionally been comprised of government people and science and academic people. And now there's a government I'm sorry, there's a private sector perspective to the table. And collectively, you know, under Seabed 2030, as the example, we are trying to uh, create uh, an interest in the program, under, have, have the public appreciate the value and benefit of this kind of information, why it is important to them. And that same principle applies to the United Nations Decade of Ocean Science for Sustainable Development, which, uh, which was initiated after the start of Seabed 2030. But again, Fugro was quite proactive and participated in the global planning of that decade and, and, and in supporting the development of an implementation plan to support the decade. 
And now we have a, a partnership with the Intergovernmental Oceanographic Commission in support of the decade, which is primarily focused on providing public access to private sector data. And so this is data that we often collect for our private sector clients and hopefully creating awareness of benefits and opportunities for um, our, our clients' participation to support the United Nations Decade for Ocean Science and how that can be good for uh, the company from a, an ESG perspective, but also good for the company from a business perspective. Can you share with us any success stories which are fairly close to your own heart? Okay, I think one of the, the, the biggest successes and probably one of the biggest examples of how this could work is the uh, search for Malaysia Airlines 370, right, where uh, the aircraft was lost, it wasn't known exactly where it was lost, and Fugo was hired by the Australian government to, um, to do a, a search and recovery effort. Unfortunately, before that high-resolution search could occur, a reconnaissance map was required to even safely execute the high-resolution search, right? I mean, this illustrates the problem that we have. Only 20% of the world's oceans are directly mapped. So in this part of the southern Indian Ocean, we did not know the absolute depth of the ocean and the nature of the terrain. So it was impossible for us to conduct a high-resolution search of the seafloor with assets that are towed very near the seafloor or operating autonomous underwater vehicles very close to the seafloor if you don't know where the seafloor is and what is coming up. So we had to spend five months just doing basic mapping. right? If Seabed 2030 was done, that would already exist and you could go on day one and start your search. We had to spend five months just understanding what is the terrain so that we could conduct the search. So that's kind of, I think, explains kind of one of the motivations and benefits. But at the same time, to answer your question, over the course of that project, that reconnaissance survey collected around 430,000 square kilometers of multi-beam data within the area that they expected maybe the, the plane was, was lost. But in the course of conducting that survey, we had to go resupply the vessel back in Perth every 35 days. So there were transits that had to occur between the search area and Western Australia. And that those transits were done in a very strategic way. They weren't just going back and forth on the same line. There was a a strategy to map as we went back and forth to shore. So it had nothing to do with the search for the aircraft, but it was just allowing systems to operate during those transits. And we ended up actually collecting 430, I misspoke earlier, we ended up collecting 430,000 square kilometers of multi-beam data uh, just in the transits back and forth against 350,000 square kilometers of the survey itself. So we actually collected more data provisioning the ship, resupplying the ship, getting back and forth, then conducting the, the survey itself. And all of that data was generously contributed to Seabed 2030 by our client, Geoscience Australia. Is there a way of using existing vessels like fishing, fishing vessels, cruisers, with, with sensors to gather this information? Yeah, so yes and no. So there is a concept called crowdsourced bathymetry, which is a it's a type of citizen science. 
It's essentially the concept of collecting bathymetry data from ships using standard navigation equipment in the course of their normal maritime operations. So what that means is having a fishing vessel that's just doing its business fishing, having systems running that are collecting and logging data and then bringing them back to a community for the, the public good, right? In the commercial shipping context, it would be putting sensors or, I mean, these, actually these systems and sensors are already on cruise ships, are already on commercial, uh, you know, large ocean going ships have regulatory requirements to carry sounders, to carry navigation systems, to carry communication systems. So all of those tools are there. It's just a matter of logging the data and then making it available. So within the International Hydrographic Organization, there's this crowdsource bathymetry working group that is focused on this effort and trying to inform the various maritime sectors that this is possible and encouraging those folks to be able to participate in some way. And there's some great success stories. I mean, one is in the Great Barrier Reef of Australia, where at that local level, kind of up in Cairns and Townsville, there's obviously a lot of diving operations, right? Tourists are chartering boats and, and going offshore on, on, on boats to do diving on the, on the reef. And they're, uh, they have mobilized a group, I think now it's 11 or 12 of these tourist boats that, that are catering to the diving community. And they have data loggers on board all of these 11 or 12 vessels. And it's remarkable, the maps of the seafloor of this area that they have created over the last four or five years. I mean, just they're doing their business. Yeah. And all we're doing is pulling data off you know, every few months. Um, so that concept is in practice. We have a lot of work to do. Uh, I'm on that IHO, Crowdsource Bathymetry Working Group, which is trying to define the standards, the procedures, the best practice for this activity of work, yeah. And in fact, the, the data that we collect during our, our transits, when we move from project to project, continent to continent, that is a form of crowdsource bathymetry, right? I mean, we are doing our standard business. We're just moving our ship from one job to the next, and we just happen to be collecting soundings and, and multi-beam data during that passage. So just to wrap up, you know, you, you're in this wonderful role which can have an enormous impact. How does that feel? Uh, for, for me, it's uh, one of the most satisfying aspects of my, my job. I really love my job. I've always loved my job. Um, it's often been in the ocean space. And I just feel that um, with kind of the stress on our planet's environment, on the, our planet's ocean, uh, we have some big challenges ahead of us, and uh, for Fugro to be part of the solution and to be for, to have a, an employer that is so forward-leaning and supportive of these efforts, which ultimately will benefit society and humanity, but it's also good for Fugro, Fugro business. I mean, it's really personally satisfying, and I'm very proud to be part of an organization that is, uh, is operating and so supportive. David, thank you for your time and these wonderful insights today. Thank you. as well as our knowledge of the seabed itself, our appreciation for the importance of the oceans is growing more than ever before. Long-standing organizations such as JEBCO are being bolstered by this appreciation. 
We're seeing more investment in ocean science, and that's centred around initiatives such as the UN's Decade of Ocean Science and, and Seabed 2030. Added to this, a legion of citizen scientists are, are, are also providing data to arm us with the knowledge to face the challenges ahead of us. But you know what struck me most about that short conversation we had with David? is It was how David's journey started as so many businesses and personal endeavours do, with that crystal clear, challenging, but credible, inspirational, yet measurable vision. Map the world's oceans by the year 2030. Great stuff. You've been listening to A Planet Beyond Short. Until next time, be safe, be remarkable, be the difference. <laughs>